0: hey molly welcome to the show how's your day going
1: oh it's going great it's been a busy week but it's going all good things
0: (laughs) good that's always good to hear i always have to maintain that positivity Um, So Molly, before we get into the heavy hitting questions about business and entrepreneurship and life, all that fun stuff, we have to start the podcast off the same way we do every single time. And that is with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute, imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you going to order in order to make your day complete?
1: Ooh, I am, where am I going to eat? So there is, there are two, there, there are two restaurants in town that I just love because they have the best patio in all of Arizona. I'm a big patio person. <laughs> nice. So I'm going somewhere. I'm going to, um, and I also, very, I'm a very healthy eater. I'm, I'm, Probably as close to a vegetarian all raw diet as you can get without actually claiming that's what you <laughs> claiming it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You, so yeah. Once you once you
0: claim it, you're 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 a tool. You know. There's no turning back, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but I'm a very healthy clean eater, so I love a I love a good salad. I love love a good just good chicken just healthy 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 meal um, and I can also eat breakfast any meal of the day so I love a I love a restaurant that has breakfast for dinner nice. <laughs> a nice omelet with chicken on sitting on the patio
0: I think you're the only meat, person the green ever, juice and a
1: smoothie
0: you're the first person ever to ever say I enjoy good salad uh, <laughs> right. I, you know I respect I, love a good salad. I respect that. I mean I like a good salad too I just don't know if I would ever say it out loud um <laughs> Uh, But good for you for for staying at that main maintain a healthy living. Um, It is healthy lifestyle and healthy eating is extremely hard to do as an entrepreneur. Um, So my first question um, is, tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business. And how did you overcome it?
1: Well, I will say there's always a sense of blindness. (laughs) because there's a there's an amount of uncertainty when you're creating something where you really you have a vision in front of you but there's always a gap between what that vision is and where you are and the whole idea of entrepreneurship is that you're you're creating that path as you go so i always feel a certain sense of uncertainty around around how i'm going to get <laughs> get there but that's the fun part for me hmm. i will say when i first got started it was I um the I started creating a business, a consulting practice that I was leveraging a skill set and selling work that I didn't necessarily want doing. It was safe. It was kind of a safety thing for me. Of I I I knew how to do what I was doing really well from the corporate world that I was in before, and that's what I knew how to sell. And so that's what I started with to get things going, and. uh, I ended up just creating another job for myself. And it wasn't something that I was, it was this weird feeling of loving the life of, of entrepreneurship that I had chosen, loved, loved the, the creative side of what I was creating and that I had my control over my path, my vision and all that. But I wasn't actually creating what I wanted to be creating. So it, I got the momentum. Things just really took off the first year that I was in business. And it, I, was, I built up all this momentum going in the wrong direction. And so I started to feel this massive amount of pressure of, okay, I love <laughs> I love what I'm doing. I love what the path that I'm on. And at the same time, this isn't the right, this isn't right. And so it was this, this massive tension and, And it, i a really burned place. It, it I, it was in a, I got into a really dark place. Of the momentum's there. The clients are coming. Everything's there. I can't just stop. You can't just. I can't just not do it anymore. I can't just give my two weeks and say, Oh no no, I, this isn't what I wanted. Let me go back over here. I had to put so much work and effort into a lot of inner work, figuring out why am I creating this when I want to be creating this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how do I get over there. And now now, and then taking the actions the steps to do that, so that was an intense intense first year in business so,
0: so how how long ago was was that
1: that's about five years ago
0: okay so um what are you doing like what where are you at now in business um, and how have you matured as a business professional from mm. the beginning to you know what you are today
1: so i where I was before I came, my, my background is in I'm a, I, technical training. I was spent years as a public and, and I was doing a lot of forensic fraud investigations, litigation support, that sort of thing, a lot of really complex tax consulting. And so people listened and listened to me and saw me as a CPA. And so I went in and started doing. Um, I wanted to be doing more of the high-level strategy, but I kept getting into these conversations that were very just technical things related to tax consulting and that sort of thing. And so I did still. I did leverage that for a, for a while to, to to have some cash flow. That was a there was there's a certain amount of work that I continue to do so that I could have the cash flow. But then I did a lot of work to figure out what is that conversation around this other future that I'm, that I'm going down to figure out where that fit is so that I could start to create that. And so the biggest piece was figuring out what is that conversation. So through that own inner work that I've done, I have a couple of all we've got. I mean, my consulting practice, I've whittled it down to just I only work with a couple consult couple clients at a time on as a consultant because I get so deeply involved in their business and I can have that that um, executive level presence with the team. And then I also have a online business of um, that I've been getting started called Founders Haven that's more about the founders journey and what we go through when we're scaling a company and providing that support system of what I saw on the advisory side, in those moments of really critical decisions, get the personal side of what's driving those decisions. And so that's what Founders Haven is now more of a creative outlet of just putting content out there, building up social media, getting the message out there to support support startup founders. And then I'm also now the, a co-founder and president of a skincare company, um, that I, the, the health and beauty company, and we're, we're launching a skincare line and really changing the conversation around how, how women are approached and how this, the industry, the whole beauty industry is connecting to the, the market of, you don't have to buy our products to be beautiful, which is what the entire beauty industry has been based on. They've, they've really created that message. We know we're, everybody, you have your own beauty and, and we're supporting people in, 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 what makes a, a healthy complexion? What makes you beautiful? And it's so much more than your pro- the skincare products. Mm. So just a lot of creating that. There's, that's been a incredibly. It's been a challenge. It's been. And with that too. So got a whole team around that around, that's around awesome. that business. I'm so gonna, yeah, <laughs> several things.
0: Well, I'm gonna give me one second because um, the my I think it might be actually be my Wi-Fi. So one second. Okay. You cut out a couple of times, um, okay. which it, it was fine. Like I could always patch it together, but um, okay. trying to see if there's another area, of, like maybe I can get a central location to get better Wi-Fi. But um, mm-hmm. so we're just going to continue onward. Uh, let me just collect uh, my thoughts for a second. Um, so okay.
1: Yeah, it's frozen again.
0: Is it? Fr- it froze again. yeah oh yeah
1: yeah okay that's right, um, I think
0: we'll- so so when it comes to your consulting and the advisory positioning of your business what were some of the things that you found uh, when consulting these businesses these startups that you're you know, maybe there's like a trend that you're constantly mm-hmm. seeing in like every single business um, and what are those trends and what would you recommend to um to fix the problems that you normally see uh
1: yes and that's actually i saw i've seen so many trends not just from the consulting from when i started my consulting practice but even when i was working with when i was working for a large firm and and the 12 years of working with with high growth companies there's a there's definitely some consistency that I've seen, which is what, what found ultimately is based on um, some really common things that I see is, is ironically people going, getting into similar situation of what I experienced of creating something that they didn't enjoy. And so getting disconnected from the vision and disconnected from what you were wanting, because you, once the momentum picks up, you have all these external voices of you hire a team, you have your business partners, you have everyone outside of you saying, Oh, you should do this, you should do that. There's, you start bringing on clients who say, Oh, well, can you help me with this? And you start to find other things that you could bring revenue in for that isn't related to your vision. And so there's this whatever is going to bring us money kind of a mindset that some people get into, and then it's just a mess. There's no direction. So a lot of, um, just that disconnect, I, I, that's really common. Um, so helping people get back in alignment with what, what and what you're doing right now, what, can you, what do you want to change so that you truly are enjoying this and keeping the team going, moving forward? Because a significant impact on you being out of alignment is that it, it impacts every aspect of your company. It affects the culture, it affects the cash flow, it affects your, I mean, <laughs> your life.
0: Sure. So,
1: um, and it also affects your ability to succeed in the goals that you're setting. So really re- making sure people are getting reconnected to that vision and, and is this what you want and are you doing what you, what you set out to do? Um, and then another piece is when a company starts to build up, get the momentum and the traction and you're hiring people and you have multiple people involved, There's often um, the need for systems in the business versus relying on the people. That's such a common hurdle that every business has to get through of learning how to, you're learning how to delegate first of all, but then also you want that person to actually turn what they're doing into a process. It can be documented. What is our standard process for the company that the people are then overseeing and managing and just thriving and doing that thing? Mm-hmm. And it's so common I go in and I see companies that are get up to 10, 20 million in revenue, sometimes more, where the entire operation is completely relying on just a bunch of people. And so then there's that, that shift you have to go through of, okay, how do we get everybody? <laughs> how do we now turn this into an actual business? Because you have, a, you have a company. How do you take it out of the people off their shoulders and into an operating company?
0: Well, to that exact mindset of um, processes, systems, procedures, et cetera, one of the hardest things to do in business and in life is to achieve your first 100 customers. um what are some techniques that you've used that you've suggested um let's talk about the idea of uh of sales and your first 100 customers how 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 are you able to advise
1: so there's different things so there's one on the consulting side that's a different approach than uh e-commerce online type of business so i'll talk about on the consulting side that was a lot of a lot of phone calls, a lot of reaching out to people, emails, just getting it out there of, "This is what I'm up to." That kind of launch big launch of here's what, I, what we're doing. Here's what we offer. Here's the type of clients we're looking for, making it really easy for people to understand. This is what you do and this is what, who you help because then the referrals just start to come in or people, the, then people's minds just start turning because there's so many people out there that have people in their life, whether it's other clients or family members or friends or in their network, they, they want to help, but they may not necessarily be able to help them with something, but they know, oh, I know somebody that could really use your help. They're looking for that kind of thing. So that that word of mouth referral network is so, so critical for on the consulting side. And mm-hmm. then also getting, because then you start to get people of online of leveraging your LinkedIn network, leveraging, I mean, that's even though it's it's business to business, when it comes to consulting, it's not. You're you're talking, you're connecting with the people <laughs> who are writing the checks connecting to people who want to and personal desire for your assistance that you need to connect to. So it's, there's a lot of personal connecting that happens. And so it's just getting that flow, getting the flow and having the conversation. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Cause then you start to connect to finding those people. And then, and so, so then that ref, getting the referral flow is a big piece. So on the, I mean, on the more on the e-commerce online space, that's, there's a momentum that picks up of just getting stuff out there. You have to back to, like, I'll say that word momentum a lot because it's, you have to build up that momentum to get into that numbers game, to know once a certain number of people see my business, once a certain number of people see our offer, once a certain number of people see it, there's a certain number of those people that are actually going to convert into paying customers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the clarity around who are we helping? What are they, how, how are we helping them? what are we offering and just having that clarity piece and you need to see that clarity is key because if you can't if you can't make it easy for the person listening to you to know okay that's what I want and what I need then then it's going to be that much more difficult you end, it end up in these really long conversations of trying to understand how to explain it yeah so
0: yeah so When it comes to um, systems and and, and processes, would you say that your approach to sales is more for fast-paced companies that sell a particular product or service online, or is it more so for the individual who has a large ticket item um, that uh you know, maybe the the product is ten to twenty to thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Would you say your approach works better that way or the or the latter
1: It depends on the growth um what the goals are of the company because those big ticket items <clears throat> could, be used, could have high, high relatively high volume um pretty big growth goals for high ticket items versus a leaner, a smaller, relatively smaller company that has high ticket items that maybe is they're going to be a 20, 30 million dollar company and that may be where they cap out and maybe then sell. Um, So it kind of depends on what those growth goals are. Mm. It's more about the, the what you're trying to accomplish around what you're selling. Um, but yeah, the higher volume, smaller ticket items, it's definitely, there's definitely a, it's, it's more critical on that side of it. The-
0: so but. now the opposite end of the spectrum with your health company that I'm sure is, I mean, are you, is the health company, are you trying to get like, say a target or are you trying to get like, uh, you know, uh, Jessica who's, uh, you know, putting makeup on, on, on a daily basis or, uh, needs a skincare regimen.
1: Right, it's a concern. So it's high, um, just reaching the reaching the, buy, the actual consumer who's going to be using our product. So, we'll we'll eventually, the, you know, the, the the strategy around retail and taking it to the shelves of the stores, that sort of thing. That's a bigger picture part of the vision. But right now, the main focus is we're starting off. We're just directly connecting to the customer.
0: Mm. So, um, yeah. so do you find it difficult? Have you found it difficult that? Between the two, it's
1: definitely different. It's definitely yeah. different because it's the uh, the. I mean the the personal. You think about why do people buy from you? Whatever it is that you sell, consulting, product, whatever business. It's always it's a matter of figuring out why do they why do they even want your what you're offering. Mm-hmm. And so there's a you have to understand people. And you have mm-hmm. to understand you know on the business side. There's there's why does the business want your service? On the personal side, what's the personal desire of why they buy your it's a similar approach of figuring out what the messaging is, but yeah, the messaging and the approach is is different. It is mm. very different.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean I I I I asked,
1: concept but different approach, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, um, I mean I asked that question because um uh, the way my, my life is, is very, it was at one point is high ticket item and now it's very transactional. Um, so that transition is always rather difficult. Um, have you had any success in any type of online marketing that maybe you might recommend or some type of influencer marketing? Because, um, the beauty world is so vast and I'm sure you need, if you can get it in the hands of, um, you know, if you can get your product in the hands of X consumer or excuse me, X influencer that has a million followers, you'd be quote unquote set uh, because they're reviewing it. Has that been a strategy? Um,
1: there's different things that we're looking at. Um, yeah, it's a matter of paying attention and seeing what's working in the different, whatever channel you're going with. Um, that's, we're talking about a couple different ways. I mean, with the beauty, with the beauty piece, I'm actually doing videos. I'm recording video content for our Mm. company. So there's a a connection of, of we're going to be doing some of that personal, the, the influencer marketing style. So yeah, there's, that's all part of the fun of figuring out how does our, what are, what is working, doing all that research, really seeing what's What the trends are with the different social media channels and knowing where people are hanging out, yeah, and yeah, figuring out and that's I mean that's what we're in the middle of right now. Is is really dialed in. So that's learning what's what's working. You try things that don't work, and then you have to pivot with the approach. And
0: sure, yeah, I mean, there's
1: the influencer marketing. There's I mean, different way. Facebook keeps making a lot. They make a lot of different changes. Instagram makes changes. So it's always. You always have to stay ahead of the game of really listening to, okay, what's going on out there? Okay, how do we approach, how do we tackle it? And then just constantly just staying on top of
0: it. Absolutely. So a random fun question that I always like to ask is if you could meet one person to further your business, um, who would you like to meet and uh, why would you like to meet them?
1: Oh, to further the business? Before you said that part, the first yeah, I was going to say, well, the first person, that the first name that comes to mind, Sarah Blakely, is my absolute yeah, awesome, dream. Man. I would love to just be in a room with her and sit <laughs> or go. I mean, I, I just adore her. And I yeah. love that she, seeing a woman that is so incredibly successful, yet she's still just herself. Mm-hmm. She's such fun, playful, feminine she's just doing it you know she's a mom of really four um four really young kids and just seeing the she puts her family on instagram i follow her on instagram and i just kind of see what they do and she is i just adore her and she's incredibly successful and i love what she's created and and yeah so that would i'd love to be in a room with her
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely um so the next segment that uh, i would like to discuss with you is the segment uh, I like to call "explain that gram." So I w- did some serious stalking, <clears throat> found some of my favorite pictures of you that you've taken, uh, and I'd like you to take this <laughs> yeah.
1: opportunity
0: to explain what these pictures are. So uh, this is a picture of you at a coffee shop. Um, you claim yourself as a world traveler and I've seen a lot of your photos, um, during your travels. Uh, what is it like being a world traveler and being able to work all across the world?
1: That is a huge part of my life. And it's, I will say it's, it's, um, it's not it comes through on the other side and all these people who have these Instagram feeds of like world traveler, nomad, whatever. It's a challenge Mm -hmm. because you're in that photo that you showed. I was in Tulum, Mexico, and I was, the time that I was there, I was in the midst of the most overwhelmed, burnt out state of what I just shared with you earlier with my business of I've got to figure out something different. And so that's why I thought, I need to find a really cheap trip, find somewhere. I I do Airbnb. I'm really frugal with, you know, finding the great spots, get the, try to find the cheap flights, like really make it something that I can do go down to Mexico, completely disconnect from life and figure things out. And so I'm working, sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm reflecting, I'm journaling, I'm writing. I don't do the touristy stuff. I, I don't, I just, I get a one way ticket, I get down there and I, I remove the things out of my life that are distracting me from being present so that I can be in those places and, and then figure out, okay, what's next.
0: Yeah. that's So cool.
1: it's a huge part of, yeah, I love it. <laughs>
0: so this uh, photo in particular has been updated since, uh, but this is you working out. Uh, you hit a personal record of 155 pounds in deadlift. That is pretty badass. Um, I think now you're at 165. Maybe might even be higher as your PR. Um, but what is it about you know the healthy lifestyle? What is it about working out that just you're you're drawn to? It is the
1: the channel, the, the amount that I push myself in, and I've squat now, I haven't done it in a while, but I was squatting 185 pounds. I think the last time I did, I did three reps, eight hundred, one eighty five. 185. I think it's the most insane thing. When I first went into doing like truly setting those kind of goals in the gym, I didn't think it, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, it wasn't appealing to me at first, but I realized as I really got into working out, accomplishing those things in the gym and the mental state that I was in when I was doing it and realizing if I can do that in the gym, the impact that has on me out is, is changing. Knowing that I can push myself like that and the benefits that I get out of it physically, that, that really keep me physically at the top of my game, then going out and taking on these huge risks outside of the gym, it really, it's, the, it's, it's all about the mental game that I get from it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's up. Um, my final, my final uh, picture, and I didn't know this is in the same place.
1: Oh, yes.
0: But this was in <laughs> as well. Um, what was your favorite place to travel to and, and, and why?
1: Oh gosh. I have any
0: tips on cheap travel. I think that's like the ticket to life. You can travel cheaply right. uh, and you, you can, can travel really out of budget. Like that's like you're, mm-hmm. you're set, you, you can definitely run a business if you can uh, get cheap airfare and cheap uh, Airbnb, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Airbnb is the place to go. I mean, that's how I always, I always look for Airbnb. I don't even, I can't remember the last time I stayed in a hotel when I traveled. Um, And I, I look at, I look at what my budget is, what I spend at home on gas, Uber, food, eating out. And so I know, okay, if I'm living on this kind of a budget during a month and utilities rent, um, not rent, cause I'd still have to pay my rent, but AC power, that sort of thing. Cause I'm going to turn all that off when I travel. So I figure, okay, well, at least I know I have this foundational budget for food, you know, for my actual travel expenses. And then that makes it pretty even to a certain extent. So then it's okay. Well, Airbnb and uh, finding the time of year where I can get some pretty decent flights, the flights are the most expensive part. Mm -hmm. If You can find some decent flights or, or, um, get, you can get some credit card points of using your card during the month and paying that off and like build up some points. I, I, and, and since I do travel so much, I build up airline miles. So I'll just save it up and then plan two, three weeks to go somewhere and, and while I'm there, then it's a matter of all these cunts that I go, I find I go places that are not your, your, your really touristy spots. Cause that's where everything's going to be expensive. I don't go places where a cup of coffee is going to be $10. I go mm-hmm. places where the coffee is 50 cents. So, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's delicious because it's local. Mm-hmm. So I love going places where I'm truly just in a local non-touristy place and it's the most fascinating experience because then you're really in the culture of the, of where you are. So, um, I've been to Peru. I just, I was in Peru just this last December, about six weeks ago. I love Peru. I've been there twice. So I'd say that's one of my favorite spots. Um, and then Costa Rica. I loved Costa Rica because I loved, I learned how to surf down there. Mm. And so far that's been the, my favorite place. down Sorry. <laughs> Costa Rica, the the dirt roads to get there, which is what I want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Costa Rica. I've I've personally been, and it's beautiful, beautiful country. Um, The last question I have for you is: the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast. This podcast was created for uh, people who are temporarily lost or blind in business, and they cannot see the obvious, as stated before. Um, to the individuals that may be lost or blind uh, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur
1: i would say i've kind of touched on it in certain ways since we're totally. talking S- setting aside the time to do this self reflection and it's not even time it's you have to remove every distraction in your life to mm-hmm. get yourself into a space where you can do that kind of reflection. And that means literally disconnecting, set aside. I mean, I do, I do this all, I still, I do this several times during the month, Sundays, every quarter, I'll set aside a couple days where I'll do this, where you're turning off your phone, you're turning off no internet, nothing, literally no technology, get a journal, find or if you need it in the car for the day where you find, you can find just some random place, a coffee shop to hang out where you're, you're removing yourself from your life and then reflect on it from there. What's working? What's not, what am I doing that I don't want to be doing? What's, what do I want to be doing that I'm not doing? And those kind of reflections and, and what hasn't gone the way that I want it to, and what can I learn from that? those like make sure you're bringing those lessons that you've learned into that reflection because that's what's going to help you figure out okay now what's next what do i need to do more of and what do i okay so that's the first thing so another piece of advice is really get clear on what to say no to Mm. that has been the biggest change game changer for me that has taken years of practice and i keep still i'm getting more and more clear on what do i say no to that is what where you find, where you have the space of what to say yes to, and it's so hard to yes to want to say yes to if you have all these things that you actually want to be saying no to that are just kind of hanging out in your life. Mm-hmm. You've got to create that clarity. It's either a hell yes or say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing is. Understand, there is always going to be a gap between what you what your vision is. That vision can fuel you so much that whatever that passion is and what you see you're doing. There's always going to be a gap between where you're where you're wanting to be and where you actually are. Mm. It's, it's always going to be there, and so having learning, figuring out is that relationship, and that and knowing, okay. I'm not where I want to be. That's always going to be moving through our whole journey as we grow and, and figuring out ha, falling in love with the process of creating and creating that path to get there, mm. finding those things. It's that gratitude practice that you always hear people talking about and the making sure you're making time to be doing the things that you really enjoy right now while you're working toward that vision.
0: Yeah. yeah totally. Love the gap. Beautifully said, Molly. Beautifully said. And I appreciate your time greatly. Um, You successfully completed the podcast. Uh, So Molly, congratulations. And thank you so much for your time to talk about your experiences and business and life and all that other fun stuff. It really means a lot. The next 30 seconds is all yours, though. Uh, so you can promote yourself, promote what you have going on, uh, tell people uh, about what it is that you would like them to do, how they could follow your journey, potentially become a customer. The list goes on and on. So the 30 seconds is all yours. Do what you wish with it.
1: Oops, I think up for a second. Absolutely. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest thing might... My- I'll just I'm gonna throw out there, Founders Haven. Foundershaven.com. I'm I mean that's you'll see as I'm creating that. You'll I'm I'm putting a lot of what we a lot of what we share today is that all those experience, I'm putting turning that into a, a place where there's a lot of resources and tools for this journey. And you'll see as I'm creating it, I'm going through my own journey of creating as I'm creating it. So you can just see that come together. Um, and I'm gonna be putting out some meditation isn't one thing that i haven't mentioned yet but meditation has been a big part of of my journey and so i'm putting together some tools that help just overcome relieve overwhelm anxiety stress and and learn how to get some good meditation practice that sort of thing so foundershaven.com just come check it out come over there sign up and i'll start be putting i'll start putting stuff out there cool and then yeah thank you
0: Good stuff. Yeah. And and to those of you that are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more interviews. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope after listening to the wisdom of Molly today, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day.